Welcome everybody to the Cellcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me tonight is your host. He's probably the worst Viking that ever lived, Jacob. Why, thank you. <laughs> Our engineer, who's just the misunderstood dragon, welcome Drew. You just gestured to all of me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, how have you been doing this week, Jacob? Man, I've been doing pretty good. Just uh, taking it one day at a time and trying to get back into drawing and right. Yeah, just work, just work and life in general. It's pretty good. Cool. How about yourself? I've been doing pretty good. Work's uh, been steady, yeah. so I haven't quite figured out how to work editing into my schedule, so it's been hit or miss <laughs> trying to get it done. I didn't even get to watch the movie today until, like, right before I came over, so... Yeah, and an engineer's life has got to be really hard, then. No, it's just like... Okay, so, we recorded last Tuesday. Yes, we did. Wednesday was church. Yes. Thursday was Bible study. Yes. Friday was the first night home where I had where I could schedule something. Mm-hmm. I spent the day playing, spent the evening playing video games. What did you play? Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, okay. I was thinking more like you know the, well, the game I'm, you keep. <laughs> I, I am playing Kingdom Hearts, but I was in, I was there is a certain expectation with the, with fourteen, which I play regularly with a bunch of people that I sign on regularly. I got you. And it had been a week since I had signed on. I needed to go in and fix up my stuff anyway. That's why I jumped into 14. And then I had finally figured out in 14 how to do something that I had been trying for the past four months to figure out how to do. <laughs> so I ended up spending most Saturday doing that. And then I did some editing on the podcast Sunday. But because of the weird way things landed, I only got the first half of it edited. <laughs> and then yesterday was my normal day where I play with a buddy of mine uh, yep. who, over the internet. So... I still technically have a half episode to edit before it comes out Thursday, so... Oh, okay. By the way, if anyone's curious why the episode you heard about us talking... Uh, uh, we did not mention the Academy Awards. Oh, yeah, we That's didn't. That's because the Academy Awards hadn't happened yet. Yes. <laughs> Even though you're getting it four days after the Academy Awards came out. So, our apologies. We apologize for our slow delivery, but yeah. this is about as fast as we're going to get. Yeah. Until uh, someone else is doing editing. <laughs> So, um, what have you been watching this week? Well, unfortunately, I haven't really been, because I've been just busy. Mm-hmm. Busy, just, uh, I finished my other my other job, finished mm-hmm. it, and now life seems to be a lot more busier. Mm-hmm. So, I really haven't had a chance to really watch anything, but I did pick up a movie, which I'm really looking forward to watching. It's called Leap. Mm-hmm. And basically, the tagline is, Life's Greatest Adventures begins with a single Leap. And apparently, it's a movie about two orphans, boy and a girl, who have big dreams of big ambitions. The mm-hmm. girl, she wants to be a dancer. The boy, he's an engineer. He's going to engineer Mike. He wants to be an inventor. And so what they do, they run away from the orphanage and go to Paris. Okay. So, shenanigans are supposed to hit, and... I remember as- it being advertised a couple years ago. I don't remember what I thought of it, but I know I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't see... I'd be like, I saw the review... The, uh... The trailer's for it, and it seemed mm-hmm. really interesting. And at Walmart, I found it for five bucks, and I was like, yeah, why not? It's still in Saran Wrap, so I haven't seen it yet. So okay, I'm, re- I'm really looking forking forward to watching it. And other than that, I haven't really se- watched anything. 
Admittedly, I've been kind of in the same boat. Only thing I've been watching is I am recently got back into catching up on Dragon Ball Super. I'm about halfway through the series to the to those who know what I'm talking about, the future Trunks arc, which yeah. probably which to everyone else is nothing. But it's been enjoyable. It's been okay. fun. But really, I haven't had a chance to watch much of anything else. Yeah. I had attempted to watch Dragon 1 and 2, so watch Dragon Fall 3. How to Train Your Dragon 3. Ah, okay. Uh, this last weekend, which, which had been my original intention, but yeah. I didn't get there, so. I got you. Maybe by the end of this week, we'll see. I got you. Well, there was a movie that you and me both had watched in theaters. It's mm-hmm. not animated, but it's based on her animated movie. Well, it's Kind of animated, well, but there's yeah. a lot of live action. Yeah, and very big eyes. But yeah. <laughs> and we were talking about, we were talking about Alita Battle Angel. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this a little bit last week yes. on the live action part. Mm-hmm. It was a lot better second time through. Okay. Uh, most of the issues I had when I first watched it, I can kind of point to the fact that I was trying to, I was, I was approaching it like I would most movies expecting you know, having certain expectations of how the story would be told yeah this doesn't tell its story in that direction yeah in fact i think the one thing that would have helped if they had put little title cards between where the story is obviously separated so you knew you were now in a separate story oh it okay. feels like if you don't know that she goes from the junk heap to being the uh the savior of the world in like five days yeah, basically. It takes more time than that, because you kind of has to, but it moves a little fast for what it expects you to believe if you haven't caught that, okay, we're looking at two different stories, there's a bit of a time jump somewhere in the middle. Okay. That helps it out, at least in my mind, a okay. little bit better. Yeah, you're kind of referring to what they do like in the new, the the more recent uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, with be like, though you lose a top no. card where it says, be like, oh, they're here, oh, they're here. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, well, never mind. Uh, did you ever watch uh, a movie called Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium? It's the only other movie I can think that did this. Nope, didn't do it. Okay, what I'm saying is, oh, better example. Did you ever watch the TV show Frasier? Yes. Okay, you know how every time they were switched to a new scene, a title card would come up with a kind of a pun joke thing? Oh, yeah. I'm talking about something like that, oh, but not okay. as humorous. Oh, okay, I got you. Just more like a Meanwhile. like the first one was would be like uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what it was in the in the manga in the anime in the show in the OVA. But like use those titles like the OVA did. Oh, so yeah. You know, it's actually kind of two different episodes. Yeah, but the same overall story. I got you. That's m- what I'm talking about. Is like I would kind of like I would have preferred that to at least let you know. Okay. We're jumping ahead. Yeah. A little. Okay. I don't want the three or four days, three or four months later, weeks later, because I don't really, you don't really need to know how much time passed. Yeah. You just need to know some did. Yeah. Yeah. With Alita, I thoroughly enjoyed it. There was, you know, from someone who had watched the, the OVA or the anime to watching this, it's almost like they're taking, you know, shot by shot by shot by shot and adding different things from mm-hmm. the different elements within that universe and making a very very good story yeah incredibly good story and you could tell it's a passion project because mm-hmm. it took james cameron what 17 years to get this thing out the ground and he was only the producer it was directed by robert rodriguez yes who's more famous for things like uh spy kids and uh I'm trying to think of the other stuff, because he's done some adult stuff, too. I can't yeah. think of what it is right now. Besides Alita, obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, but you, you can tell this movie was a passion project. They had heart behind it. Mm-hmm. And I know probably most audience are going to be like, this seems weird. This was weird. This was odd. Even- well, honestly, my suggestion to anyone going to see this is the only caveat I would put to it. Take it as it comes to you. Don't try to analyze it yeah. going in. Let it just flow over you, accept what you're seeing, and then maybe then on second viewing try to do something a bit more of an objective. Yeah. But, and honestly, you're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. I can't, you can't really true. change that, and that's true of all movies. Very true. So, I know of one piece of news I think we're both going to talk about, we all both right. thought about, and that is the fact that our favorite movie of last year <laughs> actually won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Yes, it did! What Spider- is that movie? Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. Yes. And honestly, I think it deserved it. it oh, I agree. I know it's debatable for a lot of people if that's a good, if it's the best Spider-Man movie, right. but it was definitely the best animated movie we got last year. Oh, yeah. And that's including Incredibles 2. Yes. And Wreck-It Ralph 2. <laughs> so, it had stiff competition. Yes, it did. And But it won completely because it blew both those movies out of the water, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. But you, uh, kind of going, my springboarding off that. The, the fact that the the one thing that kind of caught me because I'm looking at I'm looking at information off of, uh, animationmagazine.com mm-hmm. and they're reporting that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the first time a non-Disney movie has taken home the animation prize since Rango in 2012. Yeah, so, okay, I, that's, I, I I think I brought that up about two episodes ago. I think that was going to be the case. Yeah, you did. Or when we talked about it being nominated. Anyway. Yes, you did. So. That is so cool. That is really cool. And also, another fact, another very interesting fact. What was that? Uh, that little animated short. Uh, Bow? Bow. I think Bow. that's how it's yeah. pronounced. Bow. Bow. The, Bow. One be- the one that was before Incredibles 2. Yes. That throws you for a loop right at the end. It's like, Things just cringe. Like, oh my what? gosh, what did, the? Did she just do what I think like, she, she just did? did? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that one. Uh, that one that one must have won the short feature, yeah, it, which it, I didn't look at. Yeah, it won the short feature. Cool. So I was like, okay. That was the best looking short feature I saw last oh, year. Oh, I agree. So, Completely agree. I don't think Incredibles, not Incredibles, um, Record Ralph 2 had a short feature. But normally the Disney ones actually don't. It's yeah. Most, definitely the Pixar. Some of the Disney ones do, some of them don't. So. Yeah. Well, Record Ralph 2 did have a very good uh, end of the movie. Yeah, you know. ah, doesn't count. I know, but it was still <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was still funny. Uh, the other news item that I have, okay, and I'm going to admit to people fully listening, might think I'm crazy because I don't know if it's actually an animated movie. Though I will contend that it is because, well, if this isn't, then uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit isn't. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we got the second trailer, the full trailer, to uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu today. Pikachu! That looks like it's going to be so much of a fun movie. Yeah, unfortunately I have not had the chance to watch the set, the second trailer. I've watched the first trailer and thought that was an incredibly well done trailer. Well, it's in our Facebook group. I posted it in there. So okay, I will definitely have to watch definitely it. Definitely go and look for that. Definitely will. So, uh, what do you got? Uh, what do I got? Well, according to... Box Office Mojo, mm-hmm. and sitting at number one in a weekend box office bring-in of $55,222,000 $55, goes mm-hmm. to How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. 
Nice. Yes, I was like, oh my I gosh. I am looking forward to seeing that. I just have one other movie to watch before I can. <laughs> yeah. So, it'd be like, yeah, you're followed by Alita, which mm-hmm. we just talked about. Yes. And third, the Lego Movie 2. Or, yeah, 2. The Lego Movie 2, the second part. Yeah, the second part. Which I still need to watch, but yes, I know you, I know you've you've watched it. I have watched it. It is it is enjoyable. It's not as good as the first one. Okay, but it, the reason it's not as good as the first one is I think the same reason that Lego Batman and Lego Ninjago are not as good as that first movie, and it's because the big the really cool thing about the first movie you mm-hmm. know about going into it's not revealed at the very end, which gotcha. is the fact that you know it's all. You're watching a child's play session, essentially. Yes. But fully animated, which is what's so cool about it. Mm-hmm. But it does have a nice, sweet ending. The entire time I was watching it, I was expecting it to go one way. Okay. That's not where it went. Okay. But it's still good. But also, you have the fact that they make so many Chris Pratt references, it's hilarious. <laughs> Very fun. So, yeah. Uh, anything else before we go to our review? Not that I know. Alrighty then, so... Okay, so How to Train Your Dragon, the first movie. Yeah, It's not the full name, it's just How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Not that you would have known this if you were watching the commercials from when it first came out, where for some reason DreamWorks was just shortening it to Dragons. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I remember that, because the fourth the, the fourth Shrek movie, which came out, I think, either right before this or right after this, okay. I don't remember. Yeah. Officially, oh. that's name is Shrek... Forever after, yeah. Except it was it was advertised as Shrek: The Final Chapter. Chapter. Yes. So someone in marketing at DreamWorks was just randomly changing the names of movies. Oh wow! It sounds like, but I remember it's like DreamWorks Dragons. Okay. That's. I thought it was DreamWorks How to Train Your Dragons, <laughs> but anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> and that is the weird thing. This is the first DreamWorks movie that we have reviewed. Yeah, it is. So I want to explain the weirdness behind DreamWorks releases, because DreamWorks is the studio, okay, but they don't have a distribution arm. They okay. distribute through other people. So, I'll give you an example, the movie, How to Train Your Dragon Part 1, uh, this first movie, yeah. was originally distributed to theaters and to home video by Paramount. Yeah. However, the disc I own, the Blu-ray that I bought th- a couple uh, last week, because mm-hmm. I didn't have it before now, the disc... Says 20th Century Fox when you're playing it. But printed on the label on the outside of the disc, it says Universal. Because DreamWorks technically owns all the rights to their movies, yeah. all the distribution rights to their movies, but just keeps selling keeps selling the te- the rights temporarily to other people so they can keep it out on home video. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's really weird watching a Universal disc talking about 20th Century Fox release <laughs> trailers. Ugh. Well, the one thing I always found about it get really interesting when once the buyout with Fox goes through at Disney. Oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's like, wait, we own part of DreamWorks. Let's just buy them out. <laughs> I don't want them to buy them out. No, <laughs> Disney already has too many animation studios under its belt. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of DreamWorks, uh, so if people don't know the history of of, of uh, DreamWorks Studios, be mm-hmm. like, it's a very fascinating story. Yeah, very fascinating story where uh, Jerry Katzenberg, Jerry Katzenberg originally was in movies. He was originally in movies. And mm-hmm. so when he got transferred over to Disney back in the 80s, this man had had no dealing with Disney, with animation whatsoever, didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. 
his first round with animation was Black Cauldron. And there there are so many things where he went in and somebody like, we gotta cut this movie down. And he wanted cutting the movie himself and had to be dragged out of the booth for doing so. Because you didn't do that back in the day. Mm-hmm. Nowadays they do. And so he went on very successfully to re relaunch Disney animation through 1989's Little Mermaid mm-hmm. into the now classic the new the new renaissance of the nineties. In which the, the mod I think they still call that the modern, even though technically we're in another renaissance right now. Yeah, we're 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 in a second renaissance right now. But the first renaissance. The first renaissance. Mm-hmm. And so he went on and apparently him and Disney had a falling out. And so mm-hmm. for his revenge against Disney yeah, he created DreamWorks with two other people. Yes, one of them being Steven Spielberg. Yes, and I can't remember who the third guy is. That would be—I don't think it's Don Bluth, but Don Bluth went over there for a while. No, it was uh, David Geffen. Geffen, Geffen, Geffen. That's right. That's right. Because it's SKG. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're actually looking at the, at the work at at the name of the company, yeah, it's not DreamWorks. It's DreamWorks SKG. The S is for St- Spielberg. The K is for Katzenberg, and the G is for the other guy. Gavin, you just said Gavin. Okay, so, I didn't realize that. Huh. Okay, they released they they launched essentially as a rival studio to they these did. other studios, but they did not have the distribution networks that these other studios had. They so did. In their early days, they were partnering with different companies, but it got to a point where. Or they were co-producing with a lot yeah. of different distributors. But it got to a point where uh, they just saw no reason to actually go to the trouble of developing that distribution arm, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like a whole can of worms. That's going to be a it's, problem to get out of. I think they've got it set up to where it's not going to be that big a deal. Okay. For the company. Yeah. For us, it's chaos. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Because here's the thing. Universal is the one who technically holds distribution rights right now. Okay. When I got that disc, it came with a free digital version that you could activate through Movies Anywhere. Which, if you're not using the Movies Anywhere service, you really ought to. Yeah, I completely agree. Because that gives you access to your digital movies on like a bunch of different platforms at the same time, by only having to buy one copy of the movie. Yeah. And when you get this free version, you essentially get free movies at, yeah. on like four different... Same movie, free in four different places. But anyway, uh, if Universal loses the rights, which at some point they're going to. Yeah. And it goes to, say, I don't know, Warner Brothers. Yeah. I'm just picking a company. Yeah. Warner Brothers is not on that service. I don't believe. Yeah, true. So am I going to lose access to my movies? Mm-hmm. That's the question I have. Yeah. Probably not in reality, because they are on Amazon and such. It's just they would not, uh, while, while that would be credited to my account, if I then, let's say I hadn't activated on one service, it probably would not get those downloads mm-hmm. because didn't have an account to log in. So. Yeah, there's there's no connecting points. Yeah, so all right, so let's get into the movie. Itself. Yeah, let's 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 dig into these scales, shall we? Yes. Instead of us continuing to ramble on and on, yeah, we did that for two hours already. Yeah, uh, you have to listen to that at some point. At some point, yeah. So, uh, How to Train Your Dragon is based on a book by of the same name. By Presidia Cowell, mm-hmm. which I have not read. Yeah, me either. But it was directed and written 
by Chris Sanders and Dean DeBois, who co-wrote and directed another movie I quite enjoyed but didn't see until this year. Yeah. Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. For Disney. So, basically, we go from two guys who who gave us the line to be like, Ohana means family, to, thanks for nothing, you useless reptile. <laughs> yes. They do te- They do have great wording in this sh- in their yes. writing style. Um, so, uh, our main character, Hiccup, was played by Jay, and I'm going to mispronounce this, Baruchel. Is that how you say that name? Yeah, I believe it's Baruchel. Okay. We could gonna, be wrong. I was going to say it wrong anyway. Yeah. So, uh, he's primarily known for, well, besides playing Hiccup, not much else, from yeah. what I can see. Yeah. As far as I understand, Jay has played the character of Hiccup for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. And all its incarnations. Yeah, both the movies and the TV show. Both TV shows. But he's not really... I'm seeing... I'm looking through his list right quick, because I was curious. Yeah. There's nothing here that stands out, except apparently he was in RoboCop, the new RoboCop. Oh, okay. Played some guy named Tom Pope. Okay, then. I have not seen the movie, so I couldn't say. I've watched, like, half of it, and it's like, this is... I saw the original. Yeah. I liked the original. Oh, I didn't really like the original, but... Yeah. Anyway. The reboot, it drags. Yeah. It's long. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is is this a Robocop movie? Is this what be like I'm paying money to watch? Anyways. Yeah, anyway. So uh his father, Stoic, mm-hmm. was played by Gerard Butler, okay. who is most famous for saying the line Madness, this is Sparta! And kicks the guy out, which we were talking exactly. about, 300. 300, yes. yes. That's mainly what I know him from. Yes. One of the movies that I've recognized Gerard Butler from is Olympus Has Fallen, uh-huh. which came out in 2013. The same year that White House Down, which is the same exact story, mm-hmm. which was directed by everybody's favorite disaster director, Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I, I know you're meaning Michael Bay, but... No, it's not Michael Bay. <laughs> well, then who else is it? Does be like, weather or disaster movies? Oh, Roland Emmerich? Roland Emmerich! There we go! Jiminy. <laughs> Cricket. That too. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, oddly enough, kind of an interesting story about Gerard Butler and Olympus and Spolin, I actually know one of the guys who played in the film. He, he played a deceased... CIA agent. So you're saying he's very good at laying on the ground and not moving. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he loves to hear that as, as a critique. Yeah, of probably. <laughs> yeah. He's just lying there, just dead, and he's like, yep, that was my last career. Well, admittedly, if you can actually lay there and it not look like you're breathing, which yeah. is tough. <laughs> yeah, you actually see him twice in the film, so I was like, okay, cool. I know someone who's in a film. That's okay. cool. Okay, then. <laughs> So, side um, tangent. Yeah. So, um, Gobber, the guy who does most oh, of the training of the yeah, Gobber film, was played by Craig Ferguson, which all I could tell was he was a comedian. Yeah, he's at, had his own show and all that. Yeah. Uh, getting into uh, Hiccup's classmates, you got uh, Astrid, played by America Ferreira. <laughs> What's so funny? Just how Hiccup introduces her. It's like, oh, and there's Astrid. Okay. She, she, you know, throws a wire, fire blows up, and just like... And cool girls don't look at explosions. <laughs> they blow things up, and they walk away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was one of my notes. <laughs> cool girls don't look at explosions. 
I might have to leave part of that in. <laughs> Astrid. Astrid, okay. Cool girls don't look at explosions. Played by, and she is played by America Ferreira. Yes. <laughs> um, who, I'm not sure what she's done. I didn't look at this one. Uh, besides, oh, she played a character in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which tells me everything I need to know is that's not someone I'd know from anything. Okay. <laughs> that's what I remember uh, her from. You saw that? No, I, no, I, it's like, <laughs> yes, I saw, I saw, you know, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, of course. No, I didn't. <laughs> Why I'm double checking? I mean, yeah. you liked Hannah Montana. I just double checking on you. Says the guy Out who me up for something. Why says, don't you? Says the guy who watches My Little Pony. Yeah, that's true. So moving on. <laughs> so uh, playing Snout Lout was uh, Jonah Hill. Yes, I didn't realize that was Jonah Hill. Yeah, I didn't realize it doesn't sound like Jonah Hill at all. No. Uh, playing Fish Legs. Was a Christopher Mintz Place. Who must be good at D&D. Because yeah. he kept quoting stats all through the movie. Yeah, he's just popping them off the entire time. Being yeah. like, dragging this, dragging this, dragging this. It's mm-hmm. like, dude. You fit in with a, some bar group. Yeah. And then uh, Tough Nut was played by T.J. Miller. Mm-hmm. Who I primarily know as playing Fred in Big Hero 6. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay, cool. That's the character a minute ago I was going... Oh, that's who he is. Okay. Uh, and then Kristen Wiig played his sister, Roughnut. Oh, yeah. And one of one of her lines I absolutely loved in the film of, yeah, Roughnut. It's Roughnut, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Roughnut. So when Hiccup is trying to figure out how to rescue everybody, the Vikings are going into the nest and he knows it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. So he has to go res- go make sure everybody's all right. And... Uh, he brings him home like, oh, we're going to ride the dragons. And so Roughnut walks up to him and is like, oh, you're crazy. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that line. <laughs> I love it. And uh, down here in the, uh, what do you call it, the extras? Yeah. The glorified extras who somehow got names. Oh, really? There was a character who was named uh, Spillout. Spillout, yeah. I don't remember who that was in the movie. Uh, that would be. Well, I mean, I know the actor. I can't remember who the character was. Uh, he was the he was the second command. No, see, he was uh uh Snout's, How do you pronounce that character's name? Loudout. Yeah, Loudout's father. Right. Okay. He was voiced by David Tennant. Yeah. I don't think it did. Which he does a, not sound like David Tennant at all. No, but that's kind of normal for his voice acting. Yeah. That guy yeah. is very good with the voices. Yeah. Have you ever heard him on Ducktales? Why yes, laddie, I have. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't really a. Uh, him, but anyway, it was good enough. <laughs> that was actually my uh, my uh, Scotty impression. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. How to Train Your Dragon was released on March 26, 2010. It had a budget of $165 million. It made back in a box office $495.8 million. That's a pretty good yeah. return. Well, it had the advantage of being surprisingly good. Yeah, I agree. When I saw the trailers for this way back in the day, yeah, I was not impressed. I mainly went to the movies like because I remember thinking, well, it looks interesting. Yeah. How often do are we going to see an animated fantasy film? Because at the time, I really wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'd gone to see it just because I thought this might be a fun thing to go watch. Yeah. And was pleasantly surprised when I came out. I was like, this is from the same people who made Shrek? This is entirely different ballpark. Yeah. This isn't stupid like Madagascar is. 
Which was the only other things I can think they had done at that point. Yeah, so far. So, and I'm, I I'm sure, it, I, there's, I know they did Ants in. way back in the day. And yeah, there was they, some they had done 2D Panda. stuff. Then had they done Kung Fu Panda 1 Yeah, yet? Kung Fu Panda the original. Kung Fu Panda 1 may have been what gave me a little bit of a push to go see this. Yes. But, I don't... I didn't go into this movie ex- originally expecting yeah. great things. I just thought, okay, we're going to have a movie where a guy befriends a dragon. Seems simple enough. And then it's like, okay, this is a very good movie. I would agree. Uh, I didn't get the chance to go watch this in theaters. I don't know why, because it, mm-hmm. it just went over my radar. Or yeah. Under my radar. And or around your radar. Or around my radar. I did not get the chance to go see this in theaters. Because mm-hmm. it just flew completely under my radar. Kind of like a nut curious, it just kind of comes in and poof, gone. Yeah. So I didn't see it. So it was probably a couple of months later when it came out on DVD Blu ray. And I kept hearing from people, it's like, you need to watch this movie. So I finally sat down and watched it, and I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Pleasantly surprised with the film, and thoroughly enjoyed it. And so let's get into it. Yes. So essentially, Hiccup is born at the wrong time. Yeah, apparently. Because he's not like any of his Viking no. people. I don't know what shape or form. But ironically, I think that's actually his advantage. Yeah. Because otherwise, they may not have survived until he was born otherwise. Yeah, that's Kind of odd they lasted as long as they did. Uh, kind of kind of over, going over what the story is, is basically it's a father-son story about a father and a son trying to figure out how to coexist because they are two different beasts. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they are the same beast. Yeah. And I love a quote. Because that's not something that happens in the real world. Ever. No, of course not. <laughs> no. Like, in reality, I think all us guys have dealt with that. Yeah. Trying to live up to our father's expectations of mm-hmm. you know what he wants us to be or what and he... dealing with the fact that we may not be what they expect us to be. Yeah. But at the same time, we our personalities are so alike, it's scary. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I like his quote from one of the directors that it's basically two characters that see very differently. Mm-hmm. It's their journey where the son is trying to fulfill an expectation of his very strict father. By consorting with the enemy, not only does it destroy his relationship with his father, but ultimately rebuilds it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what we see in the film is that, and this is kind of building up what I said a minute ago, Hiccup was kind of born at the wrong time. He, all the Vikings are trying to kill dragons, because that's yeah. all they know to do. Yeah. Probably they've never even had, and you see when he's reading through the dragon manual, yeah. all they've really studied is how to kill them, because they're being so much of an issue. Yeah. They're, they're causing some, like he says at the beginning, they're pests. Yeah. So what he begins noticing when... That's the thing. He actually does take down a Night Fury. Yeah. If his invention had not happened, everything would have still been going as is. Yeah. And So he was able to take down the Night Fury. He goes out and finds the thing. In which everybody in the village just believes him. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. you killed a Night Fury. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Yeah. So he's going out there and he realizes as he's... He, he gets a chance to kill him, and he realizes that's not who he is. Yeah. That's not what he... That's not in his wheelhouse. So he starts trying... He starts watching uh, Toothless, which is yeah. the name of the dragon, mm-hmm. and starts studying 
how he works. Yeah, has his behavior. Right. At first, he's just watching to say, okay, why can't, why, why did he not kill me when what his dragon training class says, the dragon always goes for the kill. Well, yeah. Well, the Night Fury didn't kill him. Yeah. So what's up with that? And then, uh, why can't he why fly? Can't he fly? Why can't he get it? Well, he realizes that when he hit Toothless, it tore off a part of his uh, tail wing mm-hmm. that kept that kept him stabilized. Yeah, and so now he is flightless. Right, so he's flightless. And so there, there's a quote that I love that I believe it is. You have a flightless dragon, you have a dead dragon. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives pick up the idea. It's like okay, he can't fly. So. How can I help with that? How can yeah. I help him in this so, situation? So he uses the abilities he does have, which is invention and engineering, essentially, yes. and creates what is essentially a prosthetic tail for him. Mm-hmm. But he has a hard time using it because he can't make it to where Toothless can control that tail very easily, yeah. just because of how everything's set up. So he starts trying to be friendly with the guy. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe he's thinking, well, maybe I can fly on him. I don't know. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's, he's, the first thing he does is he brings him lunch one day. Yeah. Which is a bunch of fish. And one of the fish he brings is an eel. Mm-hmm. Well, he realizes Toothless doesn't like eels. There's something wrong about it as far as the dragon's concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, putting that together, he, Decides to try that out in his dragon training class, mm-hmm. and actually spooks a uh, dragon into cowering down just because he's got this eel under his yeah. uh, under his vest that he keeps kind of showing him. And that's the first time we see him actually start learning and using what he's learning about dragons in the in his actual dragon training class. Yeah, in the quote unquote coliseum, right. Which, ironically, he's probably learning more about the dragons than the people learning how to kill the dragons are. Yeah. So, observation is everything. Exactly. Slowly, as he's going through everything, because he does a lot, he learns a lot of different things about his dragons and uses that, he slowly begins to realize everything they've ever learned about those dragons was wrong. Yeah. Because for the most part, and I still will say this, those are cats with wings. Yes, they are. They act just like cats. They yeah. are. And to the point where in the scene where uh, uh, they essentially become friends and Hiccup's holding his hand out because he, he wants to touch Toothless, but yes. is a little bit afraid of touching because he knows he's a eat his hand off at any moment. Oh, yeah. And he's doing this number. Yeah, he's doing that. Yeah, he's holding his hand out like that. And Toothless just goes ahead and pushes forward and puts his head against his hand. I've had cats do that. Yeah, nuzzle his hand. Yeah, that's what he was doing. As, and then, of course, he's got catnip, or dragon nip, <laughs> yeah. at that one scene, which is like, okay. And then, of course, there's apparently a little, little peat place underneath every dragon's uh, mouth that you can just scratch, and they will go to sleep. Yeah, right under their jaw. It's like, okay. <laughs> and so, I've heard that a dragon's belly is its weak spot, but that's a little ridiculous. A little bit. So, But, you know. So, ever since we, we've, we've you know gone through Hiccup, and... Let's talk. Let's talk about his little scaly friend, shall we? Toothless. Toothless. Let's talk about yeah, Toothless. Like I said, he's a cat with wings. Yeah. yeah. Actually, in the original design, he's actually designed after a Black Panther. That makes sense. Yeah. He, that's why he stands up. That's why he's mm-hmm. kind of a goofy character. And uh, oddly enough, for those who have watched the film, so if you haven't watched this film, go watch it. Why haven't you? Yeah. If you're listening, why are you to- listening to us review a movie you haven't seen? Yes. That's my always going to be my question. 
Yeah. So, during the scene when Hiccup has thrown the manual out and just going by instinct, mm-hmm. and they start flying and working together, they land. There's the fish scene where, you know, like, they're just chilling out, Toothless is, you know, numbing on his fish, mm-hmm. and these little dragons are hopping around. It's like, oh, we can get fish. And so the little dragon that tries to take Toothless' dra- food and pulls it apart, apparently that little green dragon was apparently the original design of a of, uh, Toothless. Just smaller and yeah, green instead of black. Smaller, greener, and big eyes. Yeah. In a sense, you have Toothless from the book mm-hmm. and Toothless from the movie. All curling up with Hiccup at All the same curling. time. Yeah, exactly. So I also want to talk about the girl of the, of the movie. Oh. So Astrid is introduced to this movie in a totally awesome way with an explosion going off behind her, literally going in slow motion. And in my mind, the song Cool Guys Don't Look at Explosions is playing in my head. And he's obviously, from the very beginning of this movie, in love with Astrid. Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely got the hots for Astrid. Despite the fact she is top of the class, mm-hmm. she's the greatest dragon killer who ever killed dragons. She's essentially. a warrior. Yes. She, basically, she's the, Z- the Xena she's princess. She's the Xena warrior princess. I mean, yeah. To the point where she actually does have that kind of cute Viking look to her with the skulls going all the way around her on, the, <laughs> on that belt. Yes. Like, okay, you're obviously awesome. Mm-hmm. And you're obviously the enemy until you're the love interest. Yes, <laughs> it, which is and you're instant. also and you're also going to be the first, the second person to ride a dragon. So. Yes, and so uh, along with also in that class, you have uh, Fish Legs. Okay, who we talked about a minute ago. Yes, he's very good at D and D. Yes, or we assume he is. Yeah, he he would fit very well in a couple of groups right now. Yes, I kind of curious how many dragons he's going to kill if this were to actually have gone that way. Yeah. Because he doesn't seem like, he seems like a worse, like he would be a worse wimp than uh, Hiccup was. Yeah. To be honest. And then, of course, you've got the twins, Rough Nut and Tough Nut, mm-hmm. who are essentially how I kind of pictured Viking kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They look Gotta... like heavy metal fans. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, and obviously, they're dumb as bricks, too. Yeah, that, that kind of rounds up quite a few of the, the teenage Vikings, except yeah. for a few of them. And then you got the biggest idiot who ever did idiot. <laughs> True. But he thinks he's all that and a bag of chips. Yes. And that is Loud Out. Is it Loud Out? Yeah, Loud Yeah, out. Loud Out. Because um, he's a loud mouth. He is a loud mouth. He's hits on Astrid every five seconds. And when she and, completely blows off. Yes, and he thinks thinks he's the biggest the best guy there but he he's horrible every time he tries something yes uh, and that is essentially our our crew by the end of it I personally think they actually get all the right types of dragons for for their characters yeah they do so the twins get a double-headed dragon yeah uh loud out gets a nightmare yeah Big fire-breathing dragon. Which makes sense, because if there's... It's a showy, big, fiery thing, and that that didn't describe loud out in a nutshell, I don't know what does. Yeah. And then uh, Fish Legs is on a... uh, Little chubby... I can't think of the name of the chubby little dinosaur. Dinosaur. Chubby little dragon thing is... A grunk? Grunkle? Grunkle. 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 It's a grunkle. We're probably still saying it wrong, but I won't. And then Astrid's dragon was a natter. Yeah. 
So yeah, th- those really do fit their characters. They I do think. actually. I think Gobber's the smartest character in this movie. Oh, I agree. He's he's the, he's the character that kind of he's the mentor to Hiccup, and at the same mm-hmm. time, he's best friend and pseudo mentor to to his father. To his father. It's interesting how he always has the right thing to say, even when he doesn't realize yes. it's the right time to say that. Yeah, he's he's the he's the bridge between the father and son mm-hmm. that everybody thinks. Everybody thinks his father, his father doesn't really, he, he loves his son deeply, but yeah. he has the responsibility of the, to the village, to the village and his clan that he's so hard on him. Mm-hmm. And so Hiccup has to try to prove himself that, oh, I'm the Viking, I think the Viking everybody wants me to be. Right. When in reality, he just needs to be the best Viking he actually can be, which yeah. is not how Vikings have been up to this point. Yeah, mix mix it up a little bit. Mix yeah. up, you know, mix it up a little bit. I'd be like, I don't have to be my father. Be like, I can follow my father's legacy in a sense, yeah. but be my own man. Exactly, and that's what he ends up doing. He actually, and, and if it were not for pretty much disobeying his father, yeah, and doing his thing, his father would be dead right now. Yeah, exactly, by now. Uh, all his fan, the entire village would be dead. Yeah, it would essentially just be him and the kids yeah. left because I I don't think they left anybody else in that village. Yeah, they all got on the boats to go attack the dragon nest. Yeah, so yeah, there's there's a quote that Astrid does say that uh, there's there's a great quote that Astrid kind of just says early on in the film to Hiccup, our parents' war is about to become our own. Figure out. Which side you're on, and so basically, basically, kind of rallying, running back to this, the idea that uh, this is the generation that's going to come up yeah. and replace, you know, start this whole war with the dragons over, but instead they start an entire new thing. They, yes. they, so something else Astra brings up along with your quote, yeah, is when she's trying to get him to go do what he needs to do to save the day. Yeah. She says, yeah, it's a mess. You must feel terrible. You've lost everything. Your father, your tribe, your best friend. He says, thanks for summing that up. <laughs> and he asks, why couldn't I have killed that dragon when I found him in the woods? Would have been better for everyone. Mm-hmm. Astrid says, yep, the rest of us would have done it. So why didn't you? you? Why didn't you? Hiccup says, I don't know. I couldn't. That's not an answer. Why is this so important to you all of a sudden? Because I want to remember what you say right now. Oh, for the love of... I was a coward. I was weak. I wouldn't kill a dragon. You said wouldn't that time. Ah, whatever. I wouldn't. 300 years and I'm the first Viking who wouldn't kill a dragon. First to ride one, though, so... I wouldn't kill him because he looked as frightened as I was. I looked at him and I saw myself. Mm-hmm. I bet he's really frightened now. What are you going to do about it? Yes. Eh, probably something stupid. Good. But you've done that. You've already done that. Then something crazy. That's more like it. Yes. <laughs> she knew exactly what to say, because I think she kind of knew uh, Hiccup better than she cared to admit. Yeah. She knew there was a reason he had done all that, and knew that's what was going to save the day. Yeah, and at the same time, she was jealous of it. Oh, yeah, because that's not how she was. extremely jealous of it. Because he saw the one thing they'd all miss. Yeah. Was that the dragons were not the enemy. They had a common enemy that they needed to go after. Yeah. The dragons they were, actually had to save the dragons. Yeah. Because the dragons literally had to gather food in order to 
not get eaten not by, the, by the big dragon. Which I think is similar to how the second movie works. A little bit. A little bit, we'll see. I, I watch, I'll be watching that later this week because I want to see the third movie before it leaves theaters. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're going to get around to reviewing that for a couple weeks, right? Probably not. Okay. So, uh, is this is there anything else we want to talk about before we go into our final thoughts? Uh, the one thing I would like to bring up is probably the ending of this film. Mm-hmm. The ending, not... Not they'd be like, oh, everything's happily thereafter, but the battle itself. The yeah. battle where... Uh, well, that's good, because not everything is happily ever after. No, it doesn't. But where, be like, our, you know, Toothless is captured, and... Hold on. What's his name? The father? Stoic. Yeah. With Stoic the Vast gets his entire clan together to go and raid the nest. Go mm-hmm. and raid the nest that... And I like that part where... They get the wall down, they throw the flaming thing in there, so you see all the dragons, so you're getting ready for this great big battle against all these dragons, and they fly away and don't attack anybody, and he, and, uh... Oh, yes, I, I love What's the, his I name? Love... Um, Gobber? Gobber. Gobber says, oh, that was easy. <laughs> Essentially, that's not exactly what he said, but... Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, that was easy. Yeah, there was another quote I loved that the exact time just before they're going to crack it. And Stoic says this would be like, when we crack this mountain, all hell's going to break loose. And Gobber, like that's, usual... That's hell with one L, by the way, because it's Norse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Gobber, on cue, in my undies. Good thing I brought extra. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. He has such comedic timing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, by the um, end of this movie, after the battle, I save everything's they yeah. say, "Woo, big dragon's dead." Yeah, because Hiccup was able to was able to take him out with yeah. Toothless's help. Hiccup is nearly killed. Yeah, by the end of it, because as the dragon's uh, falling, he re- he releases another fireball mm-hmm. at him, and it actually injures both Toothless and Hiccup. So Hiccup's falling to his death. Yeah, Toothless is just barely able to catch him. Yeah, and he's holding him in essentially his legs. Yeah, basically you're wrapping up around right. his legs. More legs but that wings. did not completely protect him in the fall, or no. he got bit somewhere along the way, I'm not sure which. Yeah. Because he's missing the bottom of his leg. Yeah. Which means he now has to get along with a prosthetic, much like uh, Toothless it does. Did. So they're two peas in the same pod at this point. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that same way, kind of where... At the very end, where I love the shot where Toothless and Hiccup are walking towards the door, and they both are missing something. Mm-hmm. Like he's missing half his tail, Hiccup's missing leg. Yeah. So they're they're both depending on each other. Now, yes, they are now both depending on each other. Kind of unites them, which is good because at least even though they are depending on each other, they enter a world where Vikings and dragons are now friends. Yeah, they, they're the dragons they are essentially pets. And the thing I like is he goes back through the opening monologue from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But it's different now because at the beginning of the movie, everything was horrible. Yeah. No, nothing was good. Yeah. And to make it matters worse, we've got pests. And what kind of pests are these? They're not moths. They're not bugs. They're freaking dragons. dragons. So by the end of it, it's like, yeah, the, mo- yeah, the, the, the food sucks. It's we still have, cold. It's still cold. Rains. It rains nine months out of the year and hails the other three. Yes. 
And uh, both the food and the people ha- are absolutely hard and crusty. <laughs> but the best thing is we've got the best pets in the world. Now, other places have parrots and... What's the other one? Cats, I think? Yeah, cats. Anyway, cats and parrots. But we have dragons. And that's how... It, I love how it completely it was completely flipped by the end of the yes, movie. Yes, I agree. And how that can, well, uh, does continue on in the second, most likely the third movie. Yeah. So, uh, I think we have reached the end of our discussion on the movie. I believe we have. So, uh, I, we should talk about whether or not this is family friendly. Which I believe it is. Yeah, I do too. I do too. The, uh, there, there are a few scenes that definitely, like, a little child might get frightened of. Mm-hmm. Definitely towards the end, the big battle, because you have this enormous dragon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, be like, our two heroes do wind up getting hurt in the very end, so yeah. you're, you're gonna have... You're, there, there are a lot of scary images, as yeah, the uh, NPAA says. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely family-friendly. It's just for little ones, it might scare them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they might, you know, but that start crying because, oh my gosh, Toothless got hurt. Oh my gosh, Jacob got hurt. Why did they get hurt? But that could be good for them because you can grow from that. Yes, says, yeah. th- says the guy who has no kids. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I'm just saying. When I was growing up, we had Bambi, and we had uh, Dumbo, and lots of sad stuff happened and scary yeah. stuff happened. And I'm fine. Yeah, I might be worried about pink elephants on parade, but that <laughs> who wouldn't be? Yeah, that was that was kind of a trippy film. Yeah, so uh, I would give this. A, uh, I would give this movie actually a 9.0. Okay. I'm only docking it a little bit simply because uh, some parts of the animation have not aged well in the nine years since the movie came out. Yeah. Uh, that's not really the movie's fault, but it is. it does take me out of the movie a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but that's, other than that, it's a great movie. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I, I agree with your point, too, that uh, like when I watched you know the first one for a long time, be like the animation was a little jarring because be mm-hmm. like so like the like the eyes were so odd, so yeah weird. Well, these are not exactly the they're not, they're not designed to be the best looking characters. Yeah, oh, I agree. But the other the reason this movie at least does not the animation is a little crusty on it. Yeah, is because I believe this is the only one of the three movies that was made under the old lighting system where it's not the where it's tracing the rays to do the lighting. Yeah. Like, the real world does it. They were still having to manually animate the lighting, the highlights and such. Yeah. So, that's... You can still kind of feel a little bit in there, and it's not exact in a lot of places. But still, it's very well done. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, going back and watching your... The one thing I did like about the film, be like, it did have kind of countering to your point of lighting... I thoroughly enjoyed the lighting. Some of the, mm-hmm. some of the shots were just absolutely oh, incredible. Some, some of the shots are good. It's just there's some of them. It's, it's more of a feel thing for yeah. me. There's a feel that I love about the new way they handle lighting, how they animate lighting nowadays, yeah. that you don't have in this movie because it's animated the old way because that's all they had technology wise. Yeah. So it's not that they did a bad job. Don't no. get me wrong. It's just anim- the animation. Lighting animation has gone has has improved over the years, and yes. the fact that this doesn't have it is is make, makes it a little dated to me. Yeah, it's yeah. not a bad thing. It's just I can tell this is pre Monsters University. Yeah. Uh, 
If I was to rate this film, I would probably put it probably maybe an eight. Maybe give it an eight. It's mm-hmm. it, it's not the it's not one of these high tier movies. I think two is better. I think the yeah, second the second I agree. The sequel is a lot better than its original. But yeah, I would just give it a solid eight. Okay. Okay, so we've reached the end of another episode, which means it's time to roll for our next movie. So to remind everyone uh, what movies are on the list and at what spot they're at, at number one is Anastasia. Number two, Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. Three, Transformers the Movie. Four, Big Hero 6. Five, The Incredibles, which is their new one this week. Yes. And number six, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. For those of you who are curious, if we were actually keeping score, Jacob would be (laughs) winning because he's had three of the choices while I have, or two of the choices while I have only had one. Because we're not counting Frozen. And since How to Train Your Dragon was Jacob's pick this week, rolling, rolling, rolling. We got five again. Okay, so we are going Incredibles <laughs> next week. Yes! Uh, since we just rolled for our fifth movie, mm-hmm. I want to bring up an interesting little uh, thing I've come up with for movies that might stay on for longer than six weeks. All right, go for it. Because we don't really, we want to keep this the list fresh, as, or as fresh as we can. Right. So, next week, if we roll and one of the last three movies does not end on that list. Which, for your reference, that would be Anastasia, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, and The Girl Who Left Their Time. Mm-hmm. The lowest number on that list, which is Anastasia in this instance, will grow to fill the empty spot left by the movie we roll for next week. Uh-huh. If that one does... if that, Which will give it two chances. Two more chances to get in. Yeah. If the movie we roll for that week isn't Anastasia, then Batman will then grow to fill its spot. And if somehow that doesn't get it, uh, Girl Who Left Their Time will grow grow to that spot. If one of those does get it, and the next one gets to come up in line, it will those will continue to grow in spot. So eventually, Girl Who Left Their Time may have all six spots. <laughs> Hopefully, we won't get to that point. Yeah, but. Uh, that's just to make sure that at least by 12 episodes, we've gone through every movie okay, that good. we've come up with. Sounds like a plan. So, that moves us into the very end of the show. Uh, you can join us on our Facebook group. Uh, just search for The Cellcast. And email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only group ones we've got at the moment, correct? Yes. Okay, so... Find me, at, I'm on Facebook, uh, just search for Drew Dodgen. I do have a project in the works, I keep saying this every week, but I have not made progress on it yet, so we'll mm-hmm. see where that goes. And you find me uh, also on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. You also find me on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. Also, I'm working, I have, I believe, two projects in the wings, I'm still working on them. Because uh-huh. sometimes little projects just kind of go, Boop, that sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a writing project. Let's do that. Right. And then it never comes. <laughs> yeah, it never comes to fruition. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I've got a few projects in the wings, and I'm looking forward to, you know, giving them off the ground. Cool. 
So, uh, that ends another episode of the Cellcast. Oh, wait. Uh, wait for, I forgot. We are on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Mm-hmm. Most likely within the next couple weeks, we will probably also be on Spotify, but we will see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, please rate and review us on those on those sites. That does get help us grow, because that is how some people will be able to find us. And the more people who listen, the more likely we feel continuing the podcast. And five stars would be deeply appreciated. Yes, uh, we won't turn those down at all. No. So, uh, that brings us to the end. Uh, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. And now, you meddling kids, you will face the might of my dragon. Link Slice Man, let's get out of here! Ragged! Ragged! Let's get out of here! time on The Cellcast. It will be bold, dramatic, yeah. heroic. Yeah, something classic, like uh, guy. Oh, he had a great look. Oh, the cape and the boots. No capes. Isn't that my decision? Do you remember Thunderhead? Tall storm powers. Nice man, good with the kids. Listen. November 15th, the 58th. <laughs> All was well, another day saved, when his cape snagged on a missile pin. Thunderhead was not the brightest ball. Stratogale, April 23rd, 57. Cape caught in a jet turbine. Mm, you can't generalize about this. Meta Man, Express Elevator, Dyna Guy, snag on takeoff, splashdown, sucked into a vortex. No kicks!